One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time too. Screen time. Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms, wait, wait, three moms, try to force their children to like the same music they do to inevitably disastrous results. I'm Katie. I'm Deborah, And I have two sons, Jay, who is three, and Kenny, who's nine months. And I have three kids, a nine-year-old named Tony and six-year-old twins named Libby and Nate. And today we are super excited to have with us guest host Natasha Procagelo, who is founder and owner of My Tribe LLC. My Tribe is a counseling and wellness service catering to the needs of women, children, and families in Jacksonville, Florida. My Tribe offers counseling, but also yoga, and they host community events. I am super jazzed as someone who moved to a new city just in time to have a second baby with like no built-in infrastructure at all like no people I'm I really love this idea I think the whole concept of a mom tribe is really great so we are excited to have Natasha here Natasha has one son Oliver who just turned one or it's been a few months yeah yeah he's 13 months now okay yeah 13 months yeah he still 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 counts as kind of like a one-year-old oh yeah he'll count as a one-year-old for a whole year yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a solid point. You get confused after, you know, the weeks and the months and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, welcome, Natasha. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show. Yay. Well, before we get into our review today, we like to get a quick story about how awesome or adorable or occasionally awful our kids are because in addition to being pop culture consumers, we are, of course, moms too. Natasha, has Oliver done anything cute lately? Totally. So I don't know if it's just a phase of like where he's at in his life. And maybe, maybe you can tell me more because I know your boys are, some of them are older. So he started like coming in to want to like give me, it looks like a kiss. It looks really sweet. He's coming in all nice. He's got a big smile on his face and everything like that. And then he just goes to chomp on my shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like leaving I mean maybe you can't see it I don't know but he I mean marks like I, mean, I know he's trying to be sweet but I'm really hoping it's a phase and I'm hoping it's going to end at some point because it really does hurt like I know he's trying to be sweet I guess but it's just not cool does he have teeth or is he just he does dumb? he has 11 oh. teeth. so um yeah so he's leaving marks for sure it's not just gummed anymore it's uh definitely there's there's definitely a punch behind his bite now. Oh jeez. Yeah. How about you, Deborah? Continuing the profanity stories. <laughs> uh, Nate, my six-year-old, he read at a sign in a restaurant we were in the word "damn," and he didn't know what it meant. And we explained what it meant, and that it was a bad word, and he shouldn't use it. So now he uses it all the time because <laughs> he's being like subversive, but he says it damn Oh, like okay. he's pronouncing that at the end <laughs> and he gets a lot of positive reinforcement because it's so funny when he does it and I need to stop laughing because oh. he just keeps doing it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> 
Damon. Damon. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Katie? Are your kids swearing yet? <laughs> uh, Jay has not sworn lately. Kenny is, I told you he's almost crawling. He's not quite crawling yet. But uh, he's also just starting to try and pull up on things. And usually it's our hands. Like, he wants your hands so he can pull up and stand. Um, but today, I took two seconds to take a shower. And he was, like, sitting on the bath mat in front of the shower with toys. And he was like, you know where I want to pull up? On the edge of the bathtub where there's a sharp corner. That's that's what I want to do. That's where I want to make my stand. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> there were tears and panic Aww. on mommy's part. <laughs> oh, he's Oliver's been doing a lot of that as well too. It's yeah. like every time I turn around, it's like a spill. I'm I'm, I'm literally right behind him, <laughs> and it's just like no no no. Oh, and there you go. There he's fallen. Another scratch. <laughs> so we are discussing. This episode, um, our screen time in the news segment, an article about why parents shouldn't be too worried over the World Health Organization's new guidelines for screen time for children. Nice pick, Katie. This article was on Slate. Um, It's written by a writer who used to be a developmental psychology researcher who is not a parent. But it's a very reassuring article with like a nuanced look about the WHO guidelines that just recently came out saying that kids between the ages of two and five should be limited to uh, an hour or less of screen time per day and children under two should not get any screen time at all. Um, It's pretty similar to the American Academy of Pediatrics guidelines, but this researcher is like, acknowledges right off the bat that guidelines like this are fodder for uh, the sanctimonies amongst <laughs> us. Yeah. Right? Basically, this author looked at the methodology behind the recommendations and the WHO took a look at thousands of studies about screen time in kids. There's just no unifying study or finding that says that screen time is necessarily bad. It's more about the physical activity. So I thought that was interesting. Like, of course you should limit the time that your kids are just sitting sedentary, not doing anything. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that was where a lot of these screen time limits come from. It's not like they had done a study that said that watching shows was bad. They had done a study that said that not exercising is bad. And those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't have to worry so much about Paw Patrol egg opening videos on YouTube rotting our kids' brains. Although I still will <laughs> worry about that. But it's more about making sure that your kids are interacting with other human beings and getting outside and getting activity. So I thought it was a good article. Yeah, you know yeah. I loved it. I like to be reassured about my own habits. Natasha, as the mom of a under two-year-old, yes. does Oliver have any screen time preferences right now? So, um, I, you know, I think in the back of my mind, it's nice to hear about this article because in the back of my mind, I definitely consciously limit even my own TV time to like mm-hmm. when he's asleep, uh, just so that I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not using it as a crutch to parent, you know, because I'm sure it's all heard, like, you know, that can you know, you don't want to 
you know, put your kid in front of the TV as the babysitter or whatever. Now, like, you know, so I can get like some moments of distraction, you know, for him. What did we watch the other day? Well, he did. He watched, you know, the show that we're going to talk about today. He watched that with me. Um, (laughs) And he seems to like Coco a lot. Like, I I think I've also maybe because I like Coco. um, (laughs) But he likes that movie. um, And he seems to like smile and laugh when some of the characters come on. So... You know, we'll do little snippets. He doesn't sit through the whole movie or anything like that, but we'll do little snippets of it. And he's really an outdoorsy kind of kid, so we spend a lot of time, like, going in our garden or going for walks. So I feel that his balance is pretty pretty good. Good. I like that you don't seem to be stressed out about it. I feel like I was really stressed out about it. Until I started doing this podcast, and then Jay watched everything. (laughs) So I was listening to... uh, favorite podcast of mine about grown-up tv called appointment television do either of you listen to this podcast Mm. no i have have before it uh you know just makes me realize all the tv that i'm missing out on i don't (laughs) i don't know why i listen it just makes me feel bad um but they on their i guess it was two episodes ago now because they have episodes every week they had a great one about an interactive netflix show I would say it's for grown-ups, but really it's for all ages. But it's it's called You Versus Wild, and it's with Bear Grylls. And if you're familiar with him, he does like the kind of survival shows. It's kind of like survivalist MacGyver. You just sit there and you're really impressed at how he can figure out how to get through the most intense situations. So apparently yeah. Netflix has... A show now where like it's like choose your own adventure with bear grills like do i fight off this wolf or do i run away and you get to pick and apparently it's very fun to try and kill him wow <laughs> <laughs> should we just move right along to our show for the week which is also on netflix we are watching motown magic uh this is a new show on netflix that has one season for now it premiered in november of last year 2018 it was created by this australian man named josh wakely who through some crazy alchemy has the music rights to like all of the beatles catalog tons of dylan all the motown classics he was also behind the popular kids show beat bugs have you have you guys ever yeah, that's apparently a kid show that uses all Beatles songs. So this oh, is in that, that same sounds vein. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is in that same vein. It uses all Motown songs. And it actually credits Smokey Robinson as an executive music producer, which, you know, that's some kind of pedigree. Oh. So the show is about a little boy named Ben. How old would you say Ben is? 10, 11? Yeah, I mean, he's in like elementary school. I would say seven or eight okay see i'm bad with older kids we oh should no. leave this to you deborah because you actually have <laughs> older kids <laughs> all right seven or eight and ben lives with his family his little sister his parents and his grandparents in detroit and he discovers a magic paintbrush that when he points it at a graffitied wall, it allows him to kind of jump into the picture. 
And so the show is about him having adventures with that magic paintbrush uh, alone or with his little sister or with his best friend, Angie. Why did we pick it? Well, we gave Natasha a few options and this was the one she chose from the list. Natasha, why did you pick it? So um, the title was really what drew me in, Motown Magic. Um, Motown, I love Motown music. Um, and I I mean, love magic, you know, like Harry Potter fan, hardcore. So, I mean, I just sounded really appealing. <laughs> I was like, magic and Motown music? <laughs> I mean, this has got to be, you know, a match made in heaven. So, yeah, it was really the title that drew me in, I think. So we watched episode one which was called Easy as ABC, episode seven, Dancing in the Streets, and episode 25, For Once in My Life. And as usual, we'll start by going through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts. So in episode one, it's Easy as ABC, we're introduced to Ben Love and his problem is that he's supposed to give an introduction for his new class at school and instead of just a regular old introduction the teacher wants all of the kids to show them a talent I totally identify with this as an aside because introductions give me so much anxiety when I'm in like a group setting and so Ben's grandmother uh, tells him to go walk outside in Motown to clear his head this is where he finds the magic paintbrush he like points it at a mural he goes inside there's like a swirling portal to the inside of the mural and he discovers that painting is his jam that's his special talent and he has to believe in himself to fix the whatever's wrong with the painting inside of this mural and then he does a good job of introducing himself and he shows the class of painting which is his special talent yeah it was, it was a pretty cool first episode i think it was the longest episode of the three also mm-hmm. i was in, i was surprised like i felt in general and maybe this is my mental health you know background just like rearing its head but i was like i felt like he had so much anxiety i felt really bad for him like not bad for him but i was just like oh like he's really like really worried about this and it's like weighing on him a lot. And I really liked how his grandmother was really encouraging. I think throughout the entire, the other episodes too, she was just really encouraging towards him. So that was, that was cool. So to totally put you on the spot as a mental health wellness professional, what would you tell me? (laughs) Asking for a friend. No, she's not. I get like sweaty palms and like my heart races. And this is like, if I just have to say like my name. Right. So your anxiety, your anxiety sparking because you're put on the spot and you tend to be not the type of person who wants the attention on you. So you feel like, uh, yeah, type of a thing. So it's always been like that for you. Yeah. 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 What exactly about the introduction are you the most worried about that you're going to mess it up when you're saying it or you're not going to remember the other person what they're saying or what 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 is triggering the fear? That's a good question. I don't even know why it just always happens. Hmm. Definitely. We could we could talk more about this. <laughs> too much That's too much for this podcast. episode. <laughs> Deborah's got a lot to unpack here. 
do you want to move on to uh, dance, summarizing dancing in the streets, Katie? Or do you have more general thoughts about... Yeah, I wanted to ask a couple things about this pilot episode. So when Ben uses this magic paintbrush, he just like swirls it randomly. So my question, not to be a nitpicker, but does painting really count as Ben's talent if the magic brush does everything? Yeah, it's very much like those water wows. Yeah. Melissa and Doug water wows. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, it was it was surprising. I, yeah, I agree. Like he, all he did was this, well, my hand motioning to a circular motion, and and then at the end he presents this lovely painting of the whole city of Motown to the class, and it's like, when did you have time to do that? That looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> well, and you also know that I love the process. Like I want to see him painting. I want to see that he had skills, and they did not convince me of that. But a couple things that I did really like is, you know, that I love a multi-generational family story. So I was thrilled mm-hmm. to see the grandparents in play. I also wanted to know if you thought that Ben had more freedom than was realistic in today's parenting world. Because he, like you said, seven or eight years old, Deborah is just walking around urban Detroit by himself for like the vast majority of his time. I was surprised when the grandma was like, just go clear your head. Take a walk outside with like no reminders. Like look both ways before you cross the street. Don't talk to strangers. Don't go in anybody's house. Yeah. Like I gave my nine-year-old when he goes down to like the neighbor's house. Right. (laughs) I was pretty surprised about that too. My first thought was, is this a period piece? But then, you know, in later episodes, it becomes clear that it's not. I kind of thought it was like an idealized portrait of the amount of freedom you would give a kid. But especially in a big city, I don't know. Maybe we used to do that, but uh, definitely not by today's standards. Yeah. His parents or his grandparents would be getting arrested while he was inside a wall doing some singing. Yeah, social services would have been called real quick maybe the grandma subscribes to free-range parenting i mean i can believe it most grandparents would right they're the ones that raised us and yeah they just let us out of the house i mean i'm not saying it's not aspirational i think (laughs) everyone agrees that like things were awesome when we could do that but i don't yeah i don't know that how practical it is uh okay do you want to move on to dancing in the streets Sure. So Ben's friend, Dancing Machine, who lives in like this alternative graffiti world, um, is trapped on the wall of a disco club that is about to be torn down. And Ben learns that his grandparents used to dance there. So it's it's an important part of their family history. So he rallies the town to save the building. They're going to tear it down to build a community center. But in the end, the community says that they don't want a community center. They just want to fix up the disco club. Uh, The song that is featured is Dancing in the Streets by Martha and the Vandellas. I love this song. It always makes me think of the 80s classic Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Anyone else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? 
I thought so like I love how they they jumped into the picture and they just kept telling him you have to move like you have to move you have to leave this place and I just kept thinking my real brain is just like but how is he gonna leave like he, he can't leave the wall like he's on the wall like sense as to why he won't move because he can't he's a drawing um, like part of me just kept thinking that and then I was like you know, also thinking to myself on the other side, it was like, yeah, why don't you just move? Like, you know, come on, they're telling you you're going to be knocked down. Like, just move. So I was, I was having like an internal struggle, I suppose, with, uh, with, with, hit, you know, dance machine not leaving, or, <laughs> or why he wasn't leaving. Either way, I was struggling with that, but it was, it was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Usually in a movie like The Goonies, like the corporate structure who's responsible for like tearing something down is portrayed as really evil mm-hmm. and like not even pictured because they're so it's just like such this evil foreboding force. But the like foreman or the general contractor was really a reasonable guy in this yeah. one. <laughs> he was. I mean, they were trying to build a community center. It's not like they were tearing it down for condos for rich people as they would be in any other movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was some sort of commentary on well-intentioned bureaucrats going into, you know, cities that have been affected by urban blight and thinking that they know how to change things for the better, but not actually understanding what the community needs. Yeah, or sort of like an anti-gentrification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag use what you have type of sensibility to yeah. this episode. I liked it. This was probably my favorite of the three. Yeah, the song was fantastic. Yeah. The music, I mean, the music makes the show, so. All right, should we do episode 25? This is the last episode of the season, right? Yes. For Once in My Life is the featured song. Ben's best friend Angie wants a puppy. Who doesn't want a puppy? <laughs> Deborah, Deborah uh, doesn't. Did you pick this episode <laughs> for me, <laughs> Katie? Um, so Ben finds a puppy on a mural, brings it to life with his magic paintbrush, and then they go to the puppy's world. But then, then the puppy like escapes through the portal to the real world. They have to chase him down before he disappears, like Marty McFly, in Back to the Future. And Angie and Ben follow the, the painting mural puppy, who leads them to a box of real puppies who've been who've been abandoned. And Angie ends up finding homes for all, but one of them. Spoiler alert, she and Ben bring the puppy back, and Ben kind of talks the mom into letting her keep it. So she gets her puppy. Yay. (laughs) If you can see Deborah's face right now, she did not mean that yay. It was not a heartfelt yay. No, definitely underwhelmed. (laughs) So I thought this was a pretty good episode, except in the beginning, Angie's like, trying to do her chores she's washing dishes in an attempt to talk her mom into the fact that she can be responsible enough to take care of a dog but then they go 
outside and into the mural and she doesn't actually finish washing the dishes. <laughs> There's still a pile of dirty dishes. And then when they get back, the mom's like, you did a really good job finishing your chores. I had kind of a Deborah moment because just once I thought to myself, I want to see a show where the kid realizes that, no, they're not prepared for the responsibility of a pet. <laughs> Didn't really we? True. Wasn't Unikitty? Unikitty kept like. Oh, yeah. Killing. What did you think, Natasha? I thought it was. Um, I don't. I definitely don't think it was my favorite of the three, but. <laughs> Maybe because of the same reason. It's like, yeah, I don't think you understand that this is more, this is going to be work for mom in the end. You're not going to really end up taking care of the dog. Mom's going to take care of the dog. And yeah, puppies are great and cute and sweet. And I also like how she fell in love with the wall painting puppy. I like the mural puppy. But like when she eventually got the puppy that was her, she's like, oh, you're not the cutest, but. We'll keep you anyway. <laughs> the other puppy stole my heart, but you know, you're 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 cute too. You're all right. You're all right. We'll keep you. So you do not have pets now, right? No, we did have a dog, uh, but once I found out I was pregnant, um, I and this may sound heartless to many pet loving viewers out there, but um, I was just like mostly because I was already taking care of like the dog at night and letting him out when he would wake up at three in the morning. And I was like, so it's either the dog or we have a baby. Can't do both. So he found a new home um, and he found a good home. So we had a baby instead, which, you know, we, we, we enjoy him. He's, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> this just in folks, baby is better than dogs. Um, do you see pets in your future for Oliver? Um, maybe once he gets to the point of being responsible enough, uh, both my husband and I have, uh, allergies. I'm allergic to dogs. So our previous dog was a miniature poodle. So they gotta be kind of hyperallergenic. Otherwise, um, otherwise no, no dogs probably. I'm also allergic to cats. So fish in our future, potentially. Yeah. (laughs) Deborah, I know you are chomping at the bit to get a dog. That's well established. Mm. <laughs> Holding off as long as I can. <laughs> as long as you can. Does that mean you plan to cave? I mean, I'm with Angie's mom. Like, if my kids could demonstrate that they're able to take care of something, I can see making that compromise. But we've dog sat for some friends and the kids are just not that interested. Yeah. <laughs> and like the actual chores of taking a dog outside and anything beyond like giving it treats, they're not that interested. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to our thoughts about the concept in general? What did you guys think about a magic paintbrush that allows Ben to jump into paintings? and sing Motown songs. Well, I guess he could probably sing the songs even without the magic paintbrush. You get where I'm going. Thoughts? I thought it was a fun concept. I loved the fact that every episode had a song and it just felt like very, like the plot was very influenced by the song. I don't think that the series as a whole is like maybe super cohesive. Like I think you can watch the episodes their standalone episodes because of that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun and imaginative and really visually pleasing. 
right. Natasha? Yeah, I agree. I liked the, I liked the fact that it brought a lot of different concepts together. Like, I mean, you have the music, which is heavily, I mean, obviously influenced by where the setting is located. Um, and it's, you bring diversity together. The fact that, you know, you have this area that may be trying to be gentrified or they're trying to bring new life in, but you still have a strong community that wants to support their neighborhood, multi-generational families living together, like you said. So just showing the influence of having like a, you know, a collective village who's, you know, influencing the kids. And so I, I liked, I liked the undertone a lot of the show mm-hmm. I thought it was really really cool aside from the fact that you know there's magic involved in imagination which is always great and seeing that you know that's even though he's not like a little little kid you know like three or four you know he's maybe like six seven eight um you know in elementary school but magic is still something that is appealing to him he's not losing mm-hmm. that it still feels like he's a child as opposed to like well I don't believe in any of this stuff anymore Santa what fairies what um, so I, I thought that that was, that was also really cool about it and visually pleasing. Like you said, the colors are vibrant and stimulating. So even for like a younger child, there's a lot of emo- like movement and motion that made me feel like, Oh, he's watching this with me. And you know, this is further stimulating his cortex somehow because there's colors and movement. So, <laughs> so that was cool too. I agree with you. I really did like the depiction of an urban setting as a magical place for a kid. I feel like that is something we don't get a ton of in children's entertainment. It's they usually live in like houses in the suburbs, right? Right. Did any and I hesitate to bring this up because it's kind of heavy, but is this where we address the legacy of Michael Jackson? Because in order to open, in order to use the magic paintbrush, he has to sing Easy As ABC, which is an early Jackson 5 song. I don't know, guys. It kind of bugged me. I know, and that's the theme song. And, like, the first episode, too. It's not like one episode was a Jackson 5 song. It's, like, throughout in every episode, in every instance in which he makes that magic paintbrush I feel maybe a little bad for the creators because they probably the show had to come out before the HBO documentary Natasha did you watch that no but I did hear about it was it leaving Neverland is that right yeah yeah I I did hear about what it was about we don't have we don't have uh, HBO so that's the reason why I missed it but I did hear a lot about it I feel like my life is divided into before I saw that movie and after I saw that movie. And I just am so not interested in listening to any Michael Jackson music or being responsible for his estate getting money from his music right now. I mean, maybe I'll come to a different place, but it's it's too much for me right now. It's very conflicting for sure. I mean, like, there's, again, the, you know, the mental health professional mind of me, like, realizes, like, he suffered probably his, a lot of his own trauma, not justifying any of his behavior whatsoever, but Mm -hmm. realizing that he suffered a lot of trauma, and then, uh, it, it, it is so messy, for sure. 
Um, I, I like to think of maybe two types of Michael Jackson and maybe that's just me like trying to make sense of it for my own brain, but like the Jackson five, Michael Jackson, the young Michael Jackson, who's a child, who's probably suffering in his own right. And so then ABC one, two, three is the child Michael prior to all of the post Michael later that Neverland Michael that, that leads to all of the other, you know, unfortunate things. Um, I think that's how I justified it with like hearing the song. Cause as soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh no, like I didn't realize that that was like the opening song, you know? And I was, it crossed my mind, but then I was like, well, it's again, the show probably came out, like you said, before the HBO uh, movie hit. And also too, just maybe the young Michael. Yeah. I also wondered if I could split those hairs and be like, well, the Jackson Five is something different. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know. It's it's a long shot. <laughs> yeah, I listened to several podcasts that dealt with the Leaving Neverland film right when it came out. One was still processing the New York Times Culture Reporters mm-hmm. podcast. And then my favorite, Daily Zeitgeist. And, like, both of those conversations, like, touched on the fact that, like, Michael Jackson is like ubiquitous throughout American pop culture. Like so much has been influenced. There's like not really a way to put it all back in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of hope that going forward, like if there's another season of this show, maybe they could change the theme song to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's it's so all- much other good Motown music. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Stevie Wonder. I mean, there's just so many, so many other classics, uh, other people that, you know, so it's, it, I, I would hope so. I think it's only, yeah, it was only one season so far. Right. Yeah. yeah. Both of those conversations I listened to um, kind of landed on like, it's, a, it's okay to still play his music because how can you avoid it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe you should ask your audience, first or like issue a warning like i'm gonna play some michael jackson let me know if you object which i think is fair yeah Yeah. do you feel the same about this is kind of a digression but the problematic people in movies and tv shows directors Mm. actors you know all those bad men yeah yeah there's a lot yeah i got rid of some books Mm -hmm. like Sherman Alexi was a favorite author of mine and I don't have those on my bookshelf anymore. And he wasn't as he, he, his transgressions were not even that bad compared to like a Harvey Weinstein or a Bill Cosby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm over it. Like I, they're not, they're no longer welcome in my house. Uh, to bring it back to kids programming, do you know, is Louis C.K. still involved in The Secret Life of Pets 2? Because that's coming out soon, yeah? I don't think he's in it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. I haven't so even heard about it. that. But... Yeah, double check that. I just am like going off of something I heard, but I don't think that he is. Okay. It can just be the Jenny Slate show because she was the best part of that movie just saying yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) okay so we should move on from the heavy stuff 
Did you guys have any thoughts about the cast or characters? Was there anyone that was particularly great or grating to you? Natasha, you want to go first? Um, so I, I really liked the grandma. Um, she was like my favorite by far. I think she was just like, she was, she was mystical herself. Like, you know, she had this like intuition and knowing that, you know, just that was just comforting in a way. It was like willing to let him find out for himself, but just like kind of pointing him in the right direction on certain things. Like just take a walk or, you know, you'll figure out a way. I know you'll figure out a way to like save the community center. Um, And she was just always really encouraging and positive. So she was definitely by far my favorite uh, character. Deborah. I really liked Ben. I thought he was a great kids show protagonist. Mm -hmm. So Ben comes from this family of musicians and artists, right? They established that in the pilot episode. And what does Ben's dad do? A wicked awesome triangle solo. (laughs) 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 Which I loved. So I'm a fan of Ben's dad. We didn't see too much of him. But any man that can rock the triangle like that gets a thumbs up from me. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) I looked up the voice actors and I didn't see much that was familiar, but I did see that the actor that does Ben's voice is a woman. So mm-hmm. I always like that sort of Bart yeah. Simpson-esque. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them actually for young boys tend to be, tend to be female vo- voices, which is really, it was cool. And I don't know why mentally surprising to me sometimes, but always really cool. I guess it makes sense. I mean, adult men have gone through vocal changes and maybe could not replicate the sound of little boys. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on the animation style? Um, Natasha already mentioned like the vibrant colors and the palette was really good. It was like really saturated. Mm -hmm. Everything was really detailed. Um, The characters are like CGI, but kind of cleverly done and like there's music integrated into especially the grandparents costumes like the grandma's glasses were like musical notes and there was like the I think the baby sister was wearing like keyboard barrettes in her hair Mm -hmm. I thought I thought the animation was great I was kind of torn because I part of me wanted a little bit more of a Wizard of Oz effect of like things being a little more muted and drab when he was not interacting with the magical world and then like bright and poppy when he was but then that would contradict my enjoyment of the fact that they were using this urban setting not to be somewhere that was scary to be somewhere that was still a warm and welcoming place so I couldn't really decide where I fell on that but I did have a moment of thinking that it would be nice to have sort of a Kansas versus Oz feeling um, Natasha, we haven't really talked about your hair art. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, um, that's the cool thing about, um, how my tribe kind of got started is that I started, um, well, I've, I've been a mental health professional for over six years. So, um, there's, there's that side of it, but, um, but I, after my son was born, um, and I think like, I don't, I'm sure not every mom goes through this, but I'm sure a significant amount of us do, uh, with the hair loss, like after like three to four months, 
uh, postpartum, I started losing a lot of my hair. I mean, that's the point of being bald, but, but I did. Like I, handfuls coming out yeah, when you lost your hair. Yeah, significant, significant, um, significantly more than just shedding. Um, so I just started like slapping it on the walls like you do with you when you have long hair. And, um, I just had this idea one day I was talking to my husband. I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool? Like if I made like, you know, some artwork on the walls and then just like, I don't know, started taking pictures of it. And he's like, yeah, why not go for it? So I just did one day and then just started, you know, posting them on Instagram. And I remember my wedding photographer was, um, like she, she saw one of them and she was just like, you need to put your name on this. And like, this is really awesome. I was like, well, thanks. Um, so then I just started doing that and yeah, it was just a little me time for myself. And then it kind of morphed into, okay, how can I like, this is creative. How can I create something that's like more of my own incorporating the skills that I have, um, that is creative. And so I don't know, I guess just that little time of decompressing and having some time to myself led to creating something that was going to be more sustainable, which is my tribe. Um, that's so cool. Do you, so do you have like formal art training, fine arts training, um, or was it more organic than that? Um, kind of both. I took art classes in college, um, but I've just always liked, you know, being creative in some way. I also, um, (laughs) I also make jewelry too. I've always just had like a creative side. Um, and it kind of felt like I, I mean, lost a part of my own identity after having my son. Cause you know, you just, it shifts. It's a huge shift after having a child. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm a mom and now I sit here and I nurse for hours on end and, and I don't sleep that well and I don't eat that well and I don't have time to myself. Um, so being able to have like, you know, some time to myself by myself in a shower, it was just like a reprieve of like calming time. So it just, I don't know. It's just at my disposal. <laughs> so, so I just did that. Um, so that, that, that was a, a cool little transformation for me. And now you can see my lovely hair designs. Maybe it's gross for some people, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, on, on, uh, my Instagram page, um, which is, I titled it my tribe as well, since it's kind of morphed into that now. I just followed you on Instagram and the, the hair art is really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I that. So that, that was a total digression from animation style discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that the art angle made me remember that we needed to talk about. Oh, thanks. Your photos of the art you do in your shower. Well, <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about Ben's family and how everyone is artistic in some way. And yeah. That is definitely something I really admire about Natasha. Like, the girl takes a shower and is like, I still need to create. I wish I could do that. It's kind of akin to singing in the shower. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah. That time of relaxation that just lends things to happen, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of singing, did you guys have any songs that you wish they would have used in the show? From Motown, I... Um, I did click on a couple of the episodes like war mm-hmm. and just fast forwarded to the, um, s- section where they do the song. Cause I wanted to see how they, how that song was treated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, nothing was missing for me, but 
I was definitely curious as to how each episode treated its signature title song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that in one of the episodes, I can't remember if it was the episode, I think it was still the opening episode, the pilot, um, that they had a Stevie Wonder song, and I'm a big fan of Stevie. But, I mean, I didn't go through all the other episodes, so maybe there was another song that it was like, oh, this would have been, you know, like, the song for me. Right. Um, but I'm glad that there was a nod to, like, you know, some of the big players in, in Motown. I mean, if it's in your, if it's in the title of your show, I would hope that you would, you know, hit the big players for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys think of any adult movie or TV show that this show compares to? Uh, do you remember in the Beavis and Butthead movie? <laughs> no, no, I don't, because I've never seen that movie. But I love where this is going. <laughs> uh, and the Red Hot Chili, like they go out into the desert and they eat some mushrooms, and then <laughs> they listen to the music to the uh, song "Magic Carpet Ride" and the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of it. And then there's like this very like trippy music video that goes along with it. Um, like the colors, the music, the dreamy quality to the portal where they go into the mu- mural of Motown Magic just really harkened back to the Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> the middle of that movie for me. Oh. <laughs> Natasha, I don't think you can top that. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I have a feeling I'm going to tank it. So I not to bring it back around, but when you mentioned The Wizard of Oz, and then I thought about The Wiz, and I was like, this reminds me of The Wiz, you know? Oh, totally. Because, um, you, you know, it was what, Diana Ross was in The Wiz? And also uh, Michael Jackson. And also Michael Jackson, yes. So, like, you have these already, these big-time players in this magical kind of land, mm-hmm. um, and they're, you know, huge singers. And so it was like, you know, and then hearing ABC in the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, this is like this is like the Wiz, but in Motown. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that kind of reminded me of that. So I was thinking of examples of shows where the music was really integral to either my enjoyment of the show or the plot. I don't know if I've mentioned the show on the podcast before, but there was this show in the maybe late 90s that lasted for three seasons, and it was called American Dreams. Did either of you ever see that show? Oh, yes. It like took yes. place in the early 60s, and it was about a teenage girl that danced on American Bandstand and her family and how they were, like, navigating the social changes of the 60s. Mm. It was sort of like a network version of Mad Men. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it was really cute. I remember it, yeah. I really love that show. I think it's a terrible shame that you can't get all three seasons on DVD. They did release the first one, but music rights being what they are, they weren't able to release the second two, and that just makes me really sad. That sucks. (laughs) Did you cast the gritty HBO reboot? Well, in our show outline, you asked, was there another music genre or artist that could stand a similar treatment? Um, So I'm saving mine for the HBO reboot. Okay, (laughs) I would like to see 15-minute animated trips based on my favorite Grateful Dead and Fish and Jam Band tunes. Like, I would love to see a portal into a mural based on Sugar Magnolia. 
Uncle John's Band, Farmhouse. I think it would be really fun to watch. A, I'm bored already, and B, I will be singing Farmhouse for the rest of the day. (laughs) You're welcome. And also 15 minutes might be kind of short for some of those songs. (laughs) Natasha, did you have any thoughts on a grittier version? I mean, if you were going to really, I mean, I know we already did that, but if you were going to do like a live into any kinds of bands, man, I would totally want to go into the Beatles for reals or the Stones, you know. Those would definitely be very gritty versions. <laughs> um, yeah, I think anything from from that era would probably be something that I'd be curious about. Like, you know, the inspiration for their lyrics, maybe like how that, you know, a magic portal into their minds of why they created the songs they created would be <laughs> really cool for me. Um, so I think that's what I would say. Sort of like a being John Malkovich style musical yeah, trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the portal goes into the mind, you know, <laughs> a painting or, you know, into a song lyric would be cool. Uh, did either of you watch the very short-lived, I'm just talking about like old television shows today, uh, the very short-lived Netflix series called The Get Down? No. No. And it was set in the 70s and Jaden, Jaden Smith was in it oh, and yeah. he played like a graffiti a kid who did graffiti I don't think you could call them graffiti artists at that point because graffiti was still in its infancy uh so I thought that he might make like a good gritty casting of Ben Ben, totally that's a good idea the get down and then for Angie I was thinking is there a fanning child of the correct age like if we're using Jaden Smith is Elle oh, planning too old now? I think she's pretty grown up now. Okay. I know Dakota's grown up, but I remember yeah. there were one or two coming up behind there. I don't know. Do you think it was better when we were kids? We didn't know about Michael Jackson for sure. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Oh, that's true. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. From that standalone point, for sure. Did Michael Jackson ever have one of those, like, brief 80s Saturday morning cartoon shows made about him? I bet he did. There was probably a um, Jackson 5 cartoon. Really? Probably. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> it probably yeah. exists. I am going to YouTube to find it. Or listeners, if you know of it, let us know. Yeah, let us know what you find. <laughs> yeah, wasn't Albert show was that a Bill Cosby? That was oh, Bill Cosby, wasn't yes, it? Yes, oh, Albert. Yeah. Boy, that yeah. can never happen now. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. From many different standpoints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From many different standpoints. I'm sure yeah. Yeah. Luckily, none of those shows aged particularly well, so I'm not really dying to go back to them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna. I don't know. I, I don't think it was better when we were kids. I think this this show is pretty good, with the exception of the theme song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you there. But it's a good song. I know. I know. <laughs> Would you ever watch the show voluntarily? I already admitted that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I watched extra. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, Jay watched this one with me, but it was cute. I would, you know I love the music, and if I can't watch old episodes of American Dreams, womp womp, I guess I could watch this instead. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. We we continued with they, they continued to play after like episode to episode. Like I was definitely like I'd, I'd watch them and then also continue to do stuff after the episode we needed to watch was done. So they played. They definitely played. And I got to hear sweet tunes. So nice. <laughs> A win win. <laughs> OK, 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids. Natasha, what did Ollie think of Motown Magic? He looked engaged. He was staring a lot. So I know the colors, the vibrancy that appealed to him. And there was some clapping. And he doesn't usually dance, but there was a couple bobs. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah, you watched without your kids? I watched it without my kids. I'm going to say I would be fine if they wanted to watch it. Yeah. Jay is currently... And I don't even know how this happens because I like to think I'm pretty vigilant about what he watches, but I just feel like everything is super violent right now. So when we turned this on, it was such a nice respite from the Power Rangers, Dino Trucks, all Mm -hmm. these people fighting one another. It was a nice change and I would like to encourage it, but man, try to get rid of those Dino Trucks. It's like an invasive species. They've just taken (laughs) over. (laughs) So, yes, good for kids, I think, the consensus. Yeah. Ratings? We rate on a scale of one to five, Natasha. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was really well done. I'm going to overlook the Michael Jackson stuff for my rating, I guess. I would probably give it a four also. I really, I liked the the colors, the vibrancy, the concept was good, Um, and... Uh, another point that you brought up, which was really, really true, is the fact that there's it wasn't violent in any way, and I liked that a lot. You know what? I was going to go 3.5, but I think you guys have convinced me to bump it up to 4. So, yay. That's fours all around. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. A big thank you to Natasha Procagulo for guest hosting with us today. For more information on My Tribe LLC, you can check out the website mytribellc.com or at Facebook or on Instagram. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website, myscreentime2.com. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And that's also where we'll post what we're covering next and reading for Screen Time News. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at at myscreentime2. Email, we are at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. And our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children. And our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye.